Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. We made it to Wednesday. It's March 10th. I'm Nyla Boudin. And I'm Erica Pandey, here to help Nyla out this week. I'll be back later in the show with how the latest royal family controversy is reminding Brits of Brexit. In a few minutes, we'll have the day's news. But first, today's one big thing. From our series, The Week America Changed, the dramatic decision to shut down auto factories. In the early weeks of March last year, the auto industry was struggling. One of the biggest issues to face was how to keep workers safe on the job during the pandemic. Office workers from the big three were sent home in early March, but nearly 150,000 factory workers were required to stay on the line. Frustrations grew, and something had to change. Joanne Muller is Axios' transportation reporter. There are two important people in this story— One is this guy, Rory Gamble, who's the president of the United Auto Workers Union. And the other is Bill Ford Jr. He's Ford's executive chairman and the great-grandson of Henry Ford. Ford is a very family-oriented company, and Bill has always been close to employees. He even plays hockey with them sometimes. Gamble was coming in after there'd been a really big scandal in the leadership at the union. And so he was in the process of trying to restore the union's credibility. Both men were worried about what to do to protect workers as this coronavirus started to spread. Working in a auto factory, these cars are moving down the assembly line and You have to climb right inside the car to put in parts. You're often back-to-back, shoulder-to-shoulder. The workers were beginning to get very worried about whether they were actually at risk every time they came to work. There was a lot of uncertainty about the virus and a lot of rumors, a lot of disinformation. Everybody was scared. Nobody knew whether this silent killer was in the plant. In fact, in one instance, there was a person who vomited on the floor of the factory, and the other workers were so alarmed, assuming that this was COVID-19, that they actually walked off the job. This was getting to be completely out of hand, and the chance of strikes was really growing. And this reaches a fulcrum point on Sunday, March 15th. There was an important phone call. Bill Ford called Rory Gamble and said, look, I know you guys are worried. We really need to figure out a way to pull this industry together. Bill Ford picked up the phone and called his counterparts at GM and Fiat Chrysler, and he got the politicians involved as well. And they decided that they would form a coalition to deal with this problem together. One of their ideas was to try to do a series of plant closures and deep cleanings to keep the industry running at least at half speed. But union workers really were not satisfied. Gamble wants to have the automakers shut the plants for two weeks. The automakers don't want to do that. Two days later, Rory Gamble goes right to the membership with a letter to tell them what's going on. And he told them that the companies will be put on notice that, quote, the UAW will use any and all means to protect our brothers and sisters who are working in those facilities. The next day, the car makers announced that they were all shutting down their factories at least for two weeks and would review the situation 
as time went on. The factories were shut down for two months after this decision. In the short term, a two-month shutdown of the factories has quite an impact. The cars aren't getting built, so they're not getting delivered to the dealerships. So there's empty lots. The supply is short, and so the prices go up. And that lasted throughout 2020. In the long term, the protocols that the UAW and the automakers worked out for a return to work ended up being a really good model for other industries. I think that Bill Ford and Rory Gamble had a shared problem, and they realized that they had to work together to solve their mutual interests. They pulled the industry together and found a way to keep the workers safe. Joanne Muller is Axios' transportation reporter. In 15 seconds, my colleague Erica Pandy picks up some of today's news. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. With more of today's news, here's my colleague Erica Pandy. There's even more fallout in the UK after Oprah Winfrey's bombshell interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Just yesterday, Buckingham Palace released a statement that said issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. Axios' Felix Salmon, who's also our resident Briton, is here with analysis on how the fallout from the interview is eerily similar to the debate over Brexit. Good morning, Felix. Good morning, Erica. So tell me what about all of this reminds you of Brexit? It's a contrast between a split country. Basically, you have the old white, English colonial traditionalists on one side and the young, forward-looking, global, international future on the other side. And it's exactly the issue that split Great Britain over Brexit. And it's not just the royal family, it's the media, right? You can look at what Prince Harry called the symbiotic relationship that the royal family has with the UK tabloid press, which by its nature is a very parochial industry and compare that to this incredible global platform that Harry and Meghan had and the Netflix and Spotify deals they have, which are completely global. They are looking at the world as their oyster while the British royal family still seems to be stuck in a very parochial little England. Piers Morgan resigned yesterday from Good Morning Britain after backlash about his criticism of Meghan Markle. How is the UK media responding to the Oprah interview? So the thing you need to know about Piers Morgan is that he is absolutely a creature of that tabloid press culture that Harry was criticizing. He used to be the editor of the Daily Mirror, and the tabloid press is doing their job in that they are shoring up the royal family and attacking Harry and Meghan, because they know where their bread is buttered. It's not surprising that he would start attacking Meghan Markle. Frankly, the surprising thing is that he lost his job for doing so. Felix Salmon is Axios' chief financial correspondent. As we reflect back over the past year, a lot of people are thinking about what-ifs and the consequences of decisions that were made. Here's one story from listener Randy in San Francisco. One important decision that I made in March of 2020 
was related to a family trip. My father and stepmother were planning a trip to Los Angeles to celebrate my dad's 82nd birthday. We were all going to gather at one of my brother's homes. I was just getting more and more nervous as I was watching the news and thinking about my dad making that trip and finally just said, you know what, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think they should come to LA. I think we need to cancel this birthday party. Thank goodness we made that decision. Had we gone, then we all quite possibly would have been infected with COVID-19, which one of my brothers had picked up. That was quite an important decision, not celebrating my dad's 82nd birthday together. Best decision we ever made. That's it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or find me on Twitter. My handle's Nylabudu. If you have a minute to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, it really helps other people find us. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.